Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Who is January Jones? She is not a young, beautiful, talented actress on Mad Men. She is not an older, gorgeous, exotic dancer from the Johnny Carson Show. She is an author, and she wrote, Thou Shall Not Wine, The Eleventh Commandment, that reached number one at Amazon.com. She is a reality TV golf personality with World High Stakes Golf televised on HDNet. She is a humorist and winologist expert. She is your featured host today on January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh and listen to Ms. Jones with her eclectic roster of guests on Blog Talk Radio as you learn life's lessons. These stories plus sharing equals success. Welcome, and remember, beware. Because you are entering the no-whining world of January Jones. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt like such an ordinary person? Would you like to learn how to become extraordinary? Wouldn't we all? (laughs) Have you ever wanted to know more about your spirituality and your sexuality? Can you imagine recovering from a trauma? Tell me, do you know about loss and grief? And when was the last time you heard about someone who was a bliss mistress? Or better yet, would you like to meet someone who has some of the answers that we've been looking for? Are you ready to learn how to be successful? If you can answer yes or maybe to any of these questions, then you are in the right place. And I would like to welcome you to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Today I will be introducing you to my guest who is a success coach extraordinaire. She will provide us with wonderful, informative, and inspirational lessons and some really, really great advice. Before I introduce my guest, I would love to invite you to call in during the show. The call-in number is 818-431-8506 with any questions. I'm pleased to announce that our show today is featured on the front page at Blog Talk Radio, and I am honored to be a feature host. And we now have one million wonderful listeners. Also, LinkedIn has announced that my profile was one of the top 5% most viewed during 2012. Pretty exciting stuff. (laughs) Now let me tell you about my guest today. My guest is the Bliss Mistress. She is a colorfully creative journalist, inspiring and dynamic motivational speaker, and an optic mystic who sees life through the eyes of possibility. She is a licensed social worker, interfaith minister, PR goddess, and bliss coach who teaches people how to weather the winds of change and live rich, full, juicy lives. 
She is the author of The Bliss Mistress Guide to Transforming the Ordinary into the Extraordinary. I'm pleased to welcome to our show today, Edie Weinstein. Hi, Edie. How are you today? Wonderful, January. Thank you. Uh, I think you and I have a lot more in common than we might think. You mentioned that your show is is now on the... um, um, Blog Talk Radio's front page staff picks. Mine too. We're we're both radio show hosts. Oh, um, my show is called yeah. My show is called It's All About Relationships. So I'm I'm doing a, a kind of a, a radio sandwich this morning. I've got I'm on your show this morning and I've got my show this evening. Oh, so we're both in good com- we're both in good company. Thank you. Um, yeah. So I, I appreciate being you know being interviewed, especially so early in the morning for you. I mean here on the on the, um, the East Coast, I'm in the Philadelphia area. It's a little bit after ten. So you're you're a little bit after. Good morning. <laughs> yes, well, it wow. is a good morning, and I love start. As I was telling you when we were off the air, I love starting each day out meeting new people, uh, people who are informative and inspiring. And um, I'm wondering when you came up with this uh, bliss mistress. I love it. It's a very original title. That's your brand, isn't it? Yes, it is, absolutely. Where that came from was a number of years ago, I started teaching a workshop called BYOB, Be Your Own Bliss, mm-hmm. based on the Joseph Campbell quote about following your bliss. Oh, so he, yeah. He's sort of a, you know, now in spirit, mentor of mine. I, I loved his work, but he, he was so focused on um, out-of-the-box thinking and uh, creating bliss in your life wherever you went. And I thought, you know, it's nice to follow your bliss, but it's still something outside of you. So I thought, what would it be like to be your own bliss and teach people how to do that? So on my way into one of the workshops I was teaching, this woman says, oh, you're the bliss master. You're going to teach <laughs> us how to live our bliss. And I thought, that's a pretty cool, you know, job description. Mm-hmm. So I was, that night I was on the phone with a friend named Jazz who I've written about in my book. Um, who's what I call a heart friend. Uh, he's out in Seattle now, but he was in San Francisco at the time. And I was on the phone with him, and I told him about that. He says, oh, no, not bliss master, bliss mistress. And you know how when you know somebody, you know if you're not in the same room, and you're on the phone with them, you can see their eyes sparkling? <laughs> and that, that was sort of, sort of that, like a wink and a smile kind of thing. And he said, but remember, if you're going to call yourself that, you better be living it. So every day, find a way to live your bliss. And it's not just over the moon, yeehaw, pogo's your kid like on a pogo stick. Bliss can be really quiet. It can be still and silent. And you can find your bliss and experience your bliss anywhere. So I started calling myself that, and I started thinking about what would it mean to live a bliss-filled life, especially in the face of life challenges. We all, I mean, you have them, I'm sure. You couldn't have gotten to the maturity level that you are and become a seasoned woman without them. Mm-hmm. So we all, have, we all have those, and that's what gets me through, is remembering who I am. You know, that how would the bliss mistress deal with this situation? Sometimes not so, it's not so pretty. <laughs> Yeah, you know, sometimes these things sound wonderful, but the reality is much difficult, much more difficult. When, um, what do you say to people who are going through major life changes? And, and you know, it's a struggle. We all do it. It, it comes, it can just come out of the blue, and there you are. Uh, life is so random the way it changes for everyone. What do you say to mm-hmm. these people? Well, first, the first thing that I would say is you have survived everything that has ever happened in your life because you're here to talk about it. You, you know, everyone has survived a loss. 
change, um, relationships shifting or ending, people dying, health challenges, financial challenges, job changes, kids being born, kids growing up and moving out, all, you know, all kinds of things. And we've made it through every, every one of them. Some of us have resiliency skills that got us through. Some need to learn them. So one of the things that I do is teach people how to be more resilient, how to, not strong, but resilient, flexible, bending with the wave, you know, all the things that we're taught about when you're in the ocean. If you stand firm against the wave, what's going to happen? You know, if a wave hits you and you're just standing there, what, what's likely yeah. to happen? Yeah, you get nothing but. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then you get salt and sand in your mouth like that. You know? <laughs> so when people are more flexible, they're able to bend, dive into the wave. So I teach people how to do that. And I share with them, I've become much more self-disclosing about my stuff because those of us that have this facade, this mask that we wear, you know, the little Mary Sunshine, behind the mask are tears and, and loss and, and, and all that. And you mentioned something about random. I'm not sure, and I, and I kind of dance between these two thoughts, is life random or are things meant to be? When you think about the people that you meet, you wonder, was I really meant to meet this person or have this experience? And um, one of the reasons why on the cover well, the co- I'll explain about the cover of my book. has a butterfly on it, but throughout the book I have imprints of a feather. And when I, when I teach my workshops, I hand out feathers for this reason. Um, remember Forrest Gump, you know, in the movie, where the feather is kind of wafting through some of the scenes? Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Absolutely. And when I first saw it, I thought, is that kind of a symbol that, that says, um, is life happening at random? You know, like a feather wafting around, or are things meant to be? Like you seem to show up at just the right place at just the right time. Mm-hmm. And I think it's both. I, I, I think it's both and, not either or. So well, that's yeah. my take on it. Yeah, I kind of agree with you because sometimes life is so random, and then things will happen that uh, when you look back on them, you just feel, oh, my gosh, that was just meant to be. Uh, some things are just uh, karma. Uh, there's a whole mixed bag when you're trying to figure out how to get through life, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's what makes it interesting. Wouldn't it be boring if things were predictable all the time mm-hmm. and we always knew the outcome? So I'm, you know, every day, you, you mentioned something earlier, too, about waiting to, start your, waiting to start your day out meeting new people. I set an intention every morning before I even get out of bed uh-huh. to have extraordinary experiences and connect with amazing people. And every day I do both. And today you're one of my amazing people. <laughs> Well, you're one of mine, too. (laughs) You know, right now we're going to take a break and hear about uh, your amazing host. (laughs) And when we come back, we'll uh, talk about your website, where people can get your book. And when we come back, I'd like you to share some of the worst things that ever happened to you that somehow then became the best things. We'll be right back with Edie Weinstein. Lately, there's a whining epidemic in our world. People are even whining about whining. Are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time? So was January Jones, the author of Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment that reached number one at Amazon.com. Ms. Jones based her book on a survey of the top ten things that people whine about at all ages and all stages of life. January is a success coach that can tell you how to help others. When you buy Thou Shalt Not Whine, the 11th commandment, you'll find out what people whine about and how to stop them from whining. This is the perfect gift book to give or get for any occasion. 
Thou Shall Not Wine was voted the best gift to be given anonymously for those special people in your life. Ms. Jones is an internationally known author in the style of Irma Bombeck, specializing in housewife humor with her book being published in Korea and China. You can find Thou Shall Not Wine at Amazon.com. Welcome back with my guest, Edie Weinstein, and she is the author of The Bliss Mistress Guide to Transforming the Ordinary into the Extraordinary. Uh, Edie, could you share your uh, website information and tell my listeners how they can get your book? Absolutely. A couple of things. My website is... Um Spell it for you, but tell you to liveenjoy.org. So it's www.liveinjoy.org. Uh, the best place, though, to keep up with what I'm doing is on Facebook. Uh, I'm maxed out at over 5,000 friends. I don't know how you do that, but they just happen. <laughs> but I, the people can follow me. You know, it's, it's, you know followers, not stalkers. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but people can see what I'm up to, and I, and I post. You know, my friend calls me a Facebook addict, but it's a great way to connect with people. So you can check it out there. And I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, and my book is available through Amazon. And you just look up the Bliss Mistress Guide to Transforming the Ordinary into the Extraordinary. And as I mentioned, I'm also on Blog Talk Radio. Um, vividlife.me is the, the website. And the show is called It's All About Relationships, which is what you and I are talking about, is mm-hmm. connecting with people. And it's on every Thursday night from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. So it's a great opportunity to see what goes on in the life of a bliss mistress. Well, now tell us, uh, what are some of the storms that you've weathered and uh, what wisdom did you uh, glean from these uh, these uh, episodes in your life? Okay, well, it's interesting you mentioned storms because um, there was a series of storms that occurred for me in 1992. Um, you roll back the clock a little bit. In 1986, I met a man who would become my husband. In 1988, we created a magazine, got married in 87, created a magazine in 88 called Visions, based in the Philadelphia area, and it was about holistic health and wellness. And we did it for 10 years, and it gave me my launch into interviewing some of the most amazing movers and shakers, transformational teachers on the planet. And we did, we did this for 10 years. In 1990, we moved to Florida, and we brought the magazine with us, and we thought, how cool would it be to not be in the cold? <laughs> so we moved to Fort Lauderdale, and we continued our business there. Then we bought our first house in Homestead, Florida. Hold on to that thought, because that's part of the storm. Okay. And in oh, yeah. early 1992, um, I, we, we adopted our son, who was almost five. That was one big change. And he had some challenges, which he has since overcome, thank God. Um, and that was in February of 92. In March of 92, I had an ectopic pregnancy. Didn't even know I was pregnant. And I almost hemorrhaged to death, needed emergency surgery. In May of 1992, my husband was diagnosed with hepatitis C, which is a serious liver disease, and left unsuccessfully treated to die from. Um, so that was May. In August of 92, and remember the storm part, Hurricane Andrew wiped us oh, out. Oh, no. And so that that happened. And we lost our South Florida regional edition of our magazine because we had started a second edition down there. So the following year, we moved back up to the Philadelphia area, which is where we both grew up. Mm-hmm. And Michael got progressively sicker, and he died in 1998. That was one of the most deeply spiritual experiences that you can imagine. The last five and a half weeks of his life, he was in uh, an ICU, Jefferson Hospital in Philadelphia, and I literally lived there with him for those five and a half weeks. Didn't sleep at home until the night he died. And I had 
many, many what I call God wrestling sessions where mm-hmm. God and I would talk and I'd say, he's mine and you can't have him. And God would say, uh-uh, he's mine and he's alone to you like everybody else in your life. And that's where I developed a deeper appreciation for all of my relationships. And right after Michael died, I mean, literally, within moments after we turned off the life support, I heard what I called the voice for God. Um, not, I mean, being a psychiatric social worker for a lot of years, I know the difference between psychotic voices and spiritual guidance. And this is clearly spiritual guidance. And the voice said, call the seminary and ask to finish what Michael started. Well, Michael, and I know exactly what that meant. Michael had enrolled in the new seminary in New York a year earlier to become an interfaith minister. And he had studied as a distance student because he just was too sick to go to classes. So videotapes, audiotapes. All of that, and I and I casually studied with him, not because I had any intention to become a minister, but because he would fall asleep reading, and we couldn't type his papers. So I did that along with him, and I hadn't realized that I was preparing for that myself. Wow! And that became part of my grief healing, and one of my greatest joys. So in 1999, I was ordained as a minister through the new seminary, and I can marry people anywhere and everywhere in the country. Um, I do yeah, baby blessings, weddings, and so on. And that became part of my healing and my spiritual practice, which is pretty eclectic. You know, nice, nice Jewish girl became an interfaith minister. <laughs> maybe maybe that's the subtitle of my next book, How a Nice Jewish Girl Became an Interfaith Minister. But, it, you know, I remind myself that I got through that. And I, wasn't, I had no idea how, because I didn't do it myself. I had amazing friends and family, you know, mm-hmm. um, like tapped into my source. You know, I never felt abandoned by God, by life, by anybody. So I encourage people to think about that, that you are never alone. There's always, no matter what your spiritual practice is. And I don't tell anybody what to believe spiritually. That's not my right. Um, But if you have a spiritual practice, use that to get you through, because it it definitely got me through. And uh, I really like what you said about that. Uh, Your husband, he wasn't yours. He was yours on loan. And I think that is a, uh, a good thought for people to keep in mind when they do lose someone dear to them, and it's probably one of the most traumatic things anyone goes through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a widow when I was uh, 25, and, you know, oh my. Uh, not a day that goes by that something from that uh, experience uh, doesn't affect my life in a good mm-hmm. way. And, you know, you yeah. think you, you never will go back, and you don't think it will ever be a good thing, but the reality is over time, it does become a source of uh, strength for most people. Don't you agree? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely it does because I was literally 40, and I never expected that. And my life is so different now, and I'm so different now than I was back then, that I barely recognized the woman that I was. Mm-hmm. And in some ways it's a good thing because I was, you know, pretty struggling with co- uh, struggling pretty pretty intensely with codependency, with caregiving, savior behavior, kiss it, make it better, you know, all the boo-boos. And, uh, I still do that to an extent. It's an occupational hazard since I am a, a social worker, a therapist, a minister, you know, a writer, a speaker, all of those caregiving kind of things. But now I realize that I need boundaries, and that really, really does make a difference. And in terms of loss, I, you know, it helped me. I became a bereavement counselor. Um, on there's there's something called the Holmes Ray Scale, H O L M E S, and then it's R A H E Holmes and Ray Scale, and it lists things, um, stressors in our lives. And the number one stressor is death of a spouse. 
you know, that's yeah. worth like 100 points or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and since then, I've lost both my parents. My dad died in 2008, my mom in 2010. So I'm an adult orphan, like probably a lot of your listeners. Mm-hmm. And they're still very much with me. And my husband and I still have conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, you know, not as, as many as in the beginning, but he still hangs around once in a while, usually in dreams. And I usually have to remind him that he's dead. Because he still thinks he's alive, <laughs> and, then, and then he and I said, no, 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 you're dead. I know, you know, I'm doing things my way. Thank you. <laughs> you know, so gonna, for help. Yes, yeah. we're going to take a break now and hear from our sponsor. And when we come back, Edie, I want you to explain to me what an optic mystic is. We'll be right back with uh, Reverend Edie Weinstein. Are you a fitness professional, a trainer, or a coach? Would you like consistent and timely updates on your team's performance? We have a completely customizable app that can give you real-time information via the Internet or your handheld phone. Track the performance of your client's progress with their physical fitness regimen. Track team members' performance or schedule a workout session. Meet up at the gym, on the bike trail, or wherever your physical activities take you. The app is called Socially Fit or SoFit and can be found on the iTunes Store. Look for the blue Socially Fit icon. When combined with data analysis capabilities, you not only feel the effects of your fitness routine, you also see the graphical progress of your results. The app makes the complex simple, so that more of your time is spent sculpting your physique with less time tracking your results with old-fashioned pen and paper. Download it today to begin a new year with data to show your progress in meeting your goals. Are you socially fit? I hope so. I hope everyone is socially fit this year. Now, Edie, tell me, what is an optic mystic? I've never heard that term before. Well, it's actually optimistic, O-P-T-I. But optic okay. is pretty cool, too, an optimistic. Um, okay. I don't know whether I made that up, but one day it just came to me that I thought, you know, we think about optimism is looking mm-hmm. on the bright side, glass half full, you know, all mm-hmm. that. But an optimistic, you know, we think of eyes. Um, I see the world through the eyes of possibility because okay. when we think of mysticism, for some people it's like, you know, cosmic foo-foo, woo-woo kind of stuff. But life is mystical. There's some things that we don't know the answers to right away. So if I see things through the eyes of possibility, anything's possible. Um, where that, that idea came from, the, you know, the anything's possible line, um, Gilda Radner wrote about that before she died. She wrote a book called It's Always Something. And for those who are, who are probably, you know, in their 20s, may not even know who Gilda Radner was, but she was an amazing comedian who was on the first few seasons of um, Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she wonderful. You know, created the characters of Rosanna Rosanna Dana and Emily Latella, you know, never mind. Um, and she died of ovarian cancer. I'm thinking of you know, 89. And in this book, she talked about the concept of you know, things being out of control, not knowing what's going to happen. She used the term delicious ambiguity, <laughs> that anything's possible. So I, I like that one too. So an optimistic would live in a state. Optimistic would live in a state of delicious ambiguity, open to anything happening, and being prepared for it. You know, if you think about somebody last night I was talking to said, you know, I hope for the best and prepare for the worst. So I said, yeah. you know, why would you do that? Hope for the best and, and prepare for anything. You know, just be prepared. What if the best is is what happens? Instead of focusing on the worst, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're so conditioned to do that. So as an optimistic, I prepare for the best possible outcome, no matter what. 
Okay, you know, I want you to, uh, we don't have much time left, but I want you to share uh, the uh, interview uh, with the Dalai Lama. Tell us about that. Oh, yeah. People always want to know about that. I wonder why. <laughs> it's interesting. It was one of those what I call dream and reality interviews. He was a journalist for a long time. He was on my, my, my wish list, my bucket list. You know? Okay. And I set the intention, kept talking about it, created vision boards around it, wrote about it, wrote questions as if I was going to be asking him the next day. And finally, providence and preparation came together. And a dear friend um, became the event manager for a presentation His Holiness did in Philadelphia in 2008. Now, remember I said my dad died in 2008? I think right. he had something to do with it, too, because my dad grew up um, knowing every He knew everybody, so I'm, uh-huh. I'm thinking my dad had some connections, too. So anyway, when he came into Philadelphia, I had the opportunity to interview him, one of two journalists in the Philadelphia area that had an audience with His Holiness that time around. Oh, and it was still surrealistic. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah, it was it was surrealistic, and if you can imagine being in the presence, the physical embodiment of divinity. Although he wouldn't say that, he he calls himself uh, just an, an average. I don't know if he says average, but you know, <laughs> a regular guy. You know, mm-hmm. a humble monk. I think is what he calls himself, a humble monk. Um, a humble monk where there are security guards and police officers and you know mm-hmm. agents. But the experience that we had was just extraordinary, and I walked into the room, started crying right away. There's a ritual that you do when you meet him, and and you have a white scarf that's folded in a particular way, and it's called a kata, K-A-T-A-H, and you hold it in namaste prayer pose. You bow, he takes it, blesses it, puts it on your shoulders. Well, this time he hugged me oh. right after that, and I um, and I almost fell through the floor. And yeah. I still can you can feel it, and it was just a remarkable experience. So I still have to remind myself that this really happened, and that he is now you know he's one of my extraordinary people, one of my amazing people too. So oh. I'm, I'm blessed to have met him, and I and I hope you know pray for his well-being regularly. So that oh. was my and it is in my book. It is a chapter in the book. Oh, wonderful, because, you know, I think that's a perfect example of uh, manifesting your dreams and desires, and uh, you write about that, and it's important to have dreams and to shoot for the stars. Don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. And, I, I you know, I, some people say, why should I dream? It'll, what if it doesn't happen? And I said, what if it does? Focus on what you do want. I mean, I'm a big believer in the law of attraction, mm-hmm. and, you know, we... What, is it, what we think about and think about, we bring about, you know, we're magnets for all kinds of things, like attracts like, all of that. And I live that with passion and enthusiasm, and I encourage other people to do that through my writing, my speaking, my coaching, my own show. Um, if, if there is one thing that I could want, you know, if I could do a, a brain dump or a Vulcan mind meld, I would mm-hmm. do that. It's help people to understand that anything is possible, and they have it within them to manifest. And I use the word nana, M-A-N-N-A, hyphen fest, nana from heaven. Whatever their heart desires, you know, you can wish it, but you got to put, you know, you got to put legs under it and take the action. Inspired action is what I've heard it called. So that's what I do, and that's how I live my my day. I think that's how you and I got connected. I saw I think you so. had a show, and I and I invited myself on your show. So thank you for, <laughs> for letting me in and come to play. Well, I'm thrilled that you did, and there we are, right on the front page of uh, Blog Talk Radio, and I think that's manifesting terrific, a uh, terrific dream and desire for both of us. I oh, yes. hope that uh, <clears throat> you will come back again, and I have Thank so you. enjoyed having you on the show. And, Thank you, uh, I'll try to tune in tonight and listen to your show. What time is it on? 
8 o'clock Eastern time, so 6 o'clock your time. Okay, will do. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Enjoy your day. You too, Edie Weinstein, the Bliss Mistress, and uh, what an inspiring guest. To my listeners, we hope you've enjoyed our show today. Be sure to catch all of these interviews with amazing guests like Edie with constant streaming at blogtalkradio.com 24-7. My upcoming guests for the rest of this week are all exciting, energizing, eclectic. They will amuse, amaze, and astonish you. This is the show where you hear inspiring information that will help you to become successful, too. If you've enjoyed this show today, please click the follow tab under my picture and become a regular listener by registering with blogtalkradio.com. I would love to welcome you to our wonderful no-whining world. (laughs) We love sharing our stories and secrets for success. It's our hope that we can encourage all of our listeners to emulate our guests today and every day. Now, remember my mantra, if you think it, then you can do it. And now for the chocolate tip of the day, eat a chocolate bar before each meal. It'll take the edge off your appetite, and guess what? You'll eat less. (laughs) So for now, dear listeners, stop whining, start smiling, and start sharing our show with everyone you know. And if that doesn't work, start eating chocolate. Lots and lots of chocolate. Again, thank you to Edie Weinstein, my guest today. This is January Jones thanking you for joining me today on my journey and reminding you to take care and stay safe. We want to thank you for listening to January Jones Sharing Success Story. Always remember Ms. Jones' personal mantra, if you can think it, you can do it. That's what all of our guests have done with their lives, and so can you. You are the ultimate success coach in your own life. All you need to do will be to start sharing your own story with your family and friends. We hope that our guest stories will encourage you to explore an equation in your future that will combine your creativity plus connecting with others will enable you to be successful too. Always remember, your passion plus your purpose will equal prosperity as you explore the wonderful world of January Jones.
that's in the crowd we never could get through to? Yeah, I think that was. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.